ESPN 94.1 FM at 8:930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Thursday, December 17th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You know the drill. You can be a part of the program anytime by calling the Miller Lite phone line, 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, old true, great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. We've got a lot to unpack with you. We're going to focus on basketball today. Uh, Yesterday also was early signing period. We have a chance to hear from Doc Holliday, get his thoughts on the signing period itself. Won't talk too specifically about many of the players. And, of course, part of that reason is, well, every kid Marshall is high on. Marshall likes all their kids that they bring in. Still unproven. We won't know anything until they actually report or on campus in a game. You know the drill. But still, recruiting was a, sort of a challenge. So we're going to hear from Doc Holliday on that. And we've got this basketball game to unpack. Yesterday, I thought it was going to be a blowout. First, watching that, that for several few minutes of that first period, I just thought it was going to be a blowout. I thought Toledo was coming in here and just going to put Marshall down early and be done with it. The way they came out. It's like a 12-2 run. It was like a, was like 14-4 at one point. And Marshall battles back. You don't almost tie that thing at halftime. And, yeah, there were some breakdowns, sure. And Coach D'Antoni said that they came out flat. We're going to hear from him later on. And you you got to listen to your coach on that. The players came out. They pretty much were not happy with the way they performed. There wasn't any of this excuse-making, and you haven't really heard that from any of the players. I know we talked about Rice a few weeks ago, and I don't think that guys like Tavion Kinsey, Jared West, Andrew Taylor, same side for the football, I don't think a lot of those guys just come out and decide, you know what, we're not going to play today, we're going to play flat. I think whatever happens, you just came out and you didn't play. You didn't have a good game plan. You didn't understand. You Maybe you met an opponent that was better than you. That's completely possible here. Toledo has beaten Marshall several times now. This isn't a surprise. Toledo has done this to the herd recently, and so you got some work to do. But in that game, I thought Jared did all right. Now, he's probably going to get some heat. A lot of it's going to bring on himself. You're going to hear that later on. But in that overtime, I mean, this team battles back, and Marshall ties it. We're going into overtime here. I mean, Tavion Kinsey makes that dunk. We even the score at 80 apiece here. You have that minute go. Still an opportunity to win this thing. Still an opportunity to lose this thing. And it goes to overtime. And so you hope that in the overtime, Marshall's got it. Marshall fought back. Marshall worked hard, got it back overcame, here it is, going to beat this team in overtime. And would a a louder crowd have helped? Would, have, I mean, would more energy in the building help? I don't know. 
But then Marion Jackson just goes off. 14 of the 16 points in overtime, Marion Jackson, he just went off. You know what he did for the game? It wasn't like he just continued doing what he was doing. He had 23 points. majority of that came in the overtime. He did have eight assists. He did have six turnovers. He had a block. He had four steals. But Marion Jackson, 7 of 21 shooting for the game. 3 of 11 from the three-point line. Hit all six of his free throws. And he got seven boards in the game. But that's not a bad stat line. But you, you add the fact that 14 of those 23 points came in the overtime. And you're thinking, he wasn't a factor until... I mean, he wasn't saving it. I don't think he was just deliberately saving it. It just it clicked for him. And we talked about yesterday how Toledo has a lot of players in double digits. They have four players in double digits. Milner Jr., Rollins, Jackson, the big names that were in double digits. And then you look at what Marshall did. Individually, Jansen Williams, 13 points, five blocks. We we didn't really talk about him in the postgame yesterday. Five of eight, one of four from the three-point line. He hit both his free throws. He had three boards, and he had 13 points. Five blocks, huge for him. 13 points, five blocks, I'll take that. That's an okay performance for Jansen Williams. I'll take that. Jared West, really hard on himself yesterday. Five of 18, three of 10 from the three-point line. He had five rebounds, 13 points, six assists. He had four turnovers. He had a couple steals, but he's out there 38 minutes. And then Tavion Kinsey, 20 points. He's playing with four fouls at one point. And for a lot of the game, you're thinking, don't foul out. Please don't foul out. And Tavion playing with four fouls, I thought eight of 14 was all right. One of four from the three-point line. Three of four from the free throw line. He had seven rebounds. He had six assists. Had a steal. But he's playing with four fouls. Give him some credit. Uh, Killen had nine points. Uh, Byers had 14. And let's talk about Michael Byers. I mean, he, for the most part, he was your offense in that first half. The majority of his points came in the first half. He was three of eight for the game. Three of six from the three-point line. He hit five of seven from the charity strike. Had five rebounds. Had three turnovers, but he had a couple assists. He had a block. He had a steal. And Michael Byers. I like to see more of that. But in that first half, he was keeping you in it for a while. You really didn't get much out of George, and that hurt. You get two points out of George. Gorin, you got two points out of. David Early got two points. Marco had three. Statistically, what this team did, field goal percentage, 45%. Both teams shot 45%. The difference here being Marshall went 31 of 69. Toledo went 34 of 75. Got a few more shots up. Three-point percentage. About even, 32% for the Herd, 33% for Toledo. The difference being Marshall went 11 of 34. Toledo went 10 of 33 from the three-point line. 
free throws, there's a difference there. I'm not saying this is the reason why. I'm just saying this is a difference. Free throws. Marshall, 14 of 17. Toledo, 18 of 23. Not only did Toledo get to the line a few more times, made one more. Imagine what would happen if Toledo would have hit more of those. Or if Marshall could have connected on a couple more. and That could have swung it either way. Again, you go into the game overtime, you go in tied, you start looking and nitpicking a little bit. But the free throw percentage for the herd, free throw percentage, 82%. That's all right. 78% for Toledo. And, and then you look at probably some of the key stats here. Marshall had 32 points in the paint. Toledo, 46. 46 points in the paint. Points off turnovers. Marshall got 14 points off turnovers. Toledo, 23 points off turnovers. How many turnovers did Toledo have? 15. How many points off turnovers? 23. Marshall, 18 turnovers. Could only manage 14 points off of Toledo turnovers. Well, that's a huge one right there. That's a big stat. Uh, rebounding, the Rockets out-rebounded the herd in this one, 48-37. As I mentioned, the rebounding situation, eight boards for Andrew Taylor. He was your high man again. All those were defensive. Six offensive boards for the herd. Toledo had 14 offensive boards, 34 defensive. So Toledo did a better job on the glass. Blocks, that belongs to Marshall. Six to one there. Check that. I'm sorry. I typed that wrong. That was ten. Let me not let me not undersell here. Ten. It was six steals. Marshall had six steals. Toledo had ten steals. But Toledo only can manage one block. Marshall, ten blocks. Jansen Williams, as I mentioned, five of them. Darius George had a couple. Killen had two. Byers had one. So that's a big one there. That's an important number. But, again, scoreboard's the one we look at the most. Ten steals for Toledo, six for the Herd. Bench points, Toledo better than the Herd there, 34-23. Second chance points, 14-6 in favor of Toledo. All around, there are so many places you can look at this and nitpick and you can tear it apart and you can find something. At the end of the day, Coach D'Antoni, we'll hear from him in a few minutes, he said the team came out flat, didn't play as a team. Jared West came out, didn't play as a team. Tavion Kinsey came out, didn't play as a team. I mean, these guys, it was short and it was sweet. And let me tell you, when we got to the Zoom for the post game, you're not going to hear this, but it was super awkward. It really was, because you could tell these guys were just disgusted with themselves. And finally, we started asking questions here. Let's give them a chance to sit down and actually look at the numbers and, and kind of put their thoughts together. But you could see from watching the Zoom, you could hear, and you will hear, their voices. Uh, the players were disgusted with themselves. And I like that. You know why? Because it, it means they care. Not going to go out and win every game. Let's just go ahead and get that out. They're not going to win every game. They want to go out and compete. They felt like they didn't compete. They felt like they did not do what they needed to do as a team. And I'm okay with that attitude. 
I'll take it. You lose, you're mad, I'm good with that. Dan and Tony, we're going to hear from him, we're going to hear from Jared West, we're going to hear from Tavion Kenzie. We've got all three from last night. We'll break this one down. I mean, there are some things we can take away from this, right? I think there's some things we can take, but I don't think anyone expected Marion Jackson to go off. I mean, he had back-to-back three-pointers early in the overtime. I mean, just came out and he decided he was taking the game over. I mean, that's huge. Maybe if he's able to be contained a little bit better in the overtime. I don't know. But Marshall got its mouth punched in the overtime. The thing I'm interested in to see how this team responds when it gets back on the court. But we're going to hear from Dan D'Antoni when we continue. Also, Jared West and Tavion Kinsey on today's edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to the Thursday edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Still to come, we're going to hear from Doc Holliday. We'll get his thoughts on the early signing day that happened yesterday. Tavion Kenzie, Jared West on deck. We're going to hear from Dan D'Antoni after the loss here in a moment. We've got a schedule update. I knew about this earlier. I couldn't say anything until it was official. I had to get the ink actually on the contract. But Marshall going to play Robert Morris. It's going to be Sunday, this upcoming Sunday, 2 p.m. at the Cam Henderson Center. So the Thundering Herd getting that replacement game instead of playing on a Saturday, playing on a Sunday, 2 p.m. I don't know what the ticket situation is going to be, so you're going to have to check with the ticket office, of course. Marshall going to bounce back hopefully at least that's what they're trying to do playing Robert Morris and again that's Sunday that's going to be two o'clock we go on the air one o'clock right here on Sunday ESPN 94.1 and AM 930 so the herd has a game now to get back and try to to bounce back if you're a basketball player, you don't want to linger on a loss too much. You want to get back at it and play. You're going to hear that from Tavion Kinsey in a few minutes. But first up, Dan D'Antoni talking to the media last night. Uh, I just asked him flat out, what was the difference in this one, Coach? Oh, we uh, first of all came out flat. And, uh, you know, sometimes winning four in a row teaches you a lesson of humility sometimes. And uh, I thought we were real pumped up. Uh, I think some of the Ohio players might have said some things for the game. We got all jacked up. Toledo didn't, and we didn't come. We didn't realize, you know, they're the silent killers. So uh, it took us a little while to get going. Uh, uh, after we started uh, pressing up and playing the same uh, intensity level they were playing, we uh, uh, played pretty good for a while. It hurt us that George didn't get to come back. Uh, you know, he's been a difference maker for three out of the four games. Uh, we've got to be better at understanding that uh, this game is played as a group of five and not – you can't play uh, – you can't play in – you can't have your own game going on inside uh, a group of five. It's got to make sure it's jails with everything. They did a great job of coming in hard off the wings to defend the paint on penetrations, and we didn't really do a good job of – maybe be a little bit more patient and moving the ball just a little bit. 
driving, making that gap, making them drop in, then moving the ball. I, there was one time right at the end of the game that I thought we did a pretty good job. Uh, Jared made a nice little drive, looked like going to the basket, threw it to Jared, uh, to Jason, I mean, Jared, shoot, Jansen, and then boom, three. We should have been doing more of that, and we didn't have enough of it during the game. Danny, do you feel like, you know, the one-on-one -on -one stuff is what really killed you? It seemed like you all built the lead in the second half, got up by six, and then it, it reverted back to the one-on-one -on -one game. Yeah, I think a, a lot of that. It's not so much the one-on-one. -on -one. I don't mind starting a play one-on-one, -on -one, but trying to finish it one-on-one -on -one all the time is where the trouble is. You're not – you're not – you're making the move. You're getting into the uh, seams or into the gaps, and now you got to make a play, and I, I don't think we made a play – like we should, or seeing people moving the ball one, two more times and getting them chase the ball a little bit. We tried to finish on them almost every time. And, uh, uh, you know, it's a tough game to play. You better be really good. You better be LeBron-like if you're going to do things like that. So we'll learn from it, get better. Like I said, it's a long, long season, and uh, we'll get better from this game. You look, and you did a pretty good job of containing Jackson early, but it seemed like the defensive play he made on Jared at the end of the play sort of turned him up a little bit going into the overtime session. Well, you know, it was a fight. I didn't know whether it was uh, Jared or, or Tavion there at the end, and uh, that's, uh, you know, bounced back and forth both ways. Uh, uh, he does make a play, and he's a senior, and he's, he's made plays. He's been a very good guard for them for four years. I told him before the game I was going to send him a graduation present and get him out of there. But uh, uh, he might come back now that he got COVID. I might have to see him again. But uh, uh, those are things that, you know, again, uh, he's, a, he's a quality player, and, and he, he made some quality plays, three quality plays at the over, in the overtime. Hey, Coach, how, uh, how disappointing was this? Just coming in, as you mentioned, 4-0, and, and obviously coming out flat. Was it – I mean, I'm sure you didn't see this – you know, this, this coming, right? Well, I, I never see a loss coming because I – I don't think losses. I don't come into a game thinking losses. And I don't leave thinking a whole lot after it's, I've, I've lost. So we're going to move on to the second game. Is it disappointing? Yeah, every loss is disappointing. I don't, I don't ride up and down uh, as much as I, I did when I was 23 or 24 years old uh, as a coach in high school. Uh, if I did, you wouldn't be seeing me right now. They'd be, I'd be 10 feet under the ground. So, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's a hard-fought game. There, I watched, if you ever watched Hoosiers, and see when Jimmy Chitwood hit the song, if you look at this, that shot he made, if you look over at the other opposing coach, he had a smile on his face. Chitwood made a great shot. He knew it was a good play. And you know what? When I look, Jackson made some great plays. He made some big-time plays. And you have to give him credit for that. If I'm sitting here wringing my fist and all, I don't think you get better. The thing is, is we'll look at it, we'll learn from it, we'll move forward in a positive direction. Uh, I'm not big on negativity. I don't think negative stuff works. Maybe there's some coaches that works for them, but for me, uh, tough game. We lost it, but you know what? The inside is the NCAA title, and that's always still out there to the last game, not one that's early in the year. So Dan D'Antoni still shooting for that NCAA title. I don't think Jared West feels good about uh, the loss. Talking to him yesterday, he didn't really have many nice things to say about his performance, the team's performance. Dan, he's pretty even kill. He's been through all of this before. Jared West, he's a competitor. 
He likes to get out there and play hard. He probably wants to go out and play now, but that opportunity won't be afforded him until Sunday. Here's Jared West. I asked him what the difference was, and uh, this is what he told me yesterday. Uh, we got off to another bad start. Dug ourselves a little hole. We fought back. Um, they're a good team. Give them credit. They've got, they've got, they run good. They got, they run good offense. They've got good players. Um, they made it tough for us to guard. Um, we turned the ball over 18 times. That's, that's too many. Um, part of, I mean, I have four. I can't, I can't have that. And, um, you know, it was just what we, uh, they played better than us, really. <laughs> That's all it was. They played better than us, and we still had a shot at the end of the game to, to win it, and I didn't make that shot. So, uh, tough loss. They played better than us. They deserved to win the game. Uh, they out-rebounded us by 11, and they had 14 offensive rebounds. So that, that was another big thing for us, and they deserved to win. They, they played better. Um, I didn't make the shot at the end of the uh, game. We turned the ball over too much. They out-rebounded us. They deserve to win. Now, Jared, um, you look and you all battled so hard to get back into it, but it, it seemed like the flow wasn't always there tonight. It seemed like a lot of one-on-one. -on -one. Were you all Cincinnati on the court? Um, yeah, they switched a lot, which we have not seen uh, really in the first three games. They switched one through five, really. I mean, rarely, like, because the big guy, he only played 12 minutes. So for the other, roughly, the rest of the game, basically, they were switching everything. And um, when they switch, that makes it a little bit harder to run our offense. But, um, again, we didn't really move the ball how we were supposed to. And um, as a result of that, our percentages weren't as high as normal, and we turned the ball over too much. You know, we gave them so many extra possessions by having 18 turnovers. And then the fact that they out-rebounded us by 11, 14 offensive, that, I mean, they took six more shots than us, six more free throws. I mean, uh, to answer your question, I think it was just they, they're switching through us off a lot. And uh, we didn't do a good job executing, all of us, myself included. So we got to do a better job. Yeah, you look at that rebound situation again. Marshall only had six offensive rebounds. Toledo had 14 offensive rebounds. Defensively, 34 for Toledo, 31 for the Herd. So the offensive glass, that was the big difference there, the big disparity between these two teams. Turnovers, that's a big one there too. 18 turnovers for the Herd, 15 for Toledo. Points off turnovers, I mean, that's a key stat. 23 points off turnovers for Toledo. Marshall can only manage 14 points off turnovers. So turnovers, rebounding, those are big stats for Jared West. Same question for Tavion Kinsey I have for Jared. I just want to get Tavion's thought. What was the difference tonight? Um, a lot of one-on-one, -on -one, not a lot of team basketball. Um, kind of got to bring a different energy, such as be more positive as a unit. Um, times like this, I mean, we got to come together as a team. And um, Coach Dan really um, came and told us that in the locker room after the game. 
Um, we we can't win this by ourselves. No single player can do this. Um, I think we got too much caught up in a lot of one on one game. Me and myself as well. Um, they played better than us. They they made more shots. A team that makes more shots is going to win the game. So um, I just feel like yeah, um, defensive wise, it wasn't our best. We fought. We we dug ourselves a hole, like Jared said at the beginning of the game. But I think overall, we have to play better as a team. We kind of got away from how we were playing, and that's got to change in the next game. You look at the, how you came back. You you force it to overtime. Um, you just talk about the resiliency here. I mean, the overtime didn't go your way, but still to get it to that point says something. Uh, we don't we don't quit. I don't quit. I don't quit in life. I don't quit anything. Um, my team doesn't quit. Coach Dan's not a quitter. Nobody's just going to allow them to win. We're not just going to give them the win. So um, we definitely we're going to fight back. And that's what, exactly what we did. We got to overtime and they just played better in overtime than we did. How, uh, how disappointing is this knowing you're coming into the game, you know, perfect at this point and, and playing a team that has struggled this season and knowing it was kind of back and forth. I, I mean, I guess on a scale of one to 10, where would your disappointment level be right now? Disappointed, very disappointed. I wanted to be undefeated. I don't like losing. I hate losing. Like it hurts to the point where like it, it kills me inside. Like I want to go and put up shots right now and get back in the gym right now. I want to play them again. I don't like losing. So for them to ruin our perfect season, our dreams of a perfect season, um, I'm not losing anymore. My team's not losing. We're not losing anymore. And I know that's a bold statement, but I think that's how we got to carry ourselves. And um, yeah, it just, um, things happen, you know, it's, it's, nobody's perfect, no team is perfect, but um, you could be close and we need to work to be at, at, at that level. So um, I think we're just gonna take this one. We gotta take it, you gotta eat it on the chin. We're gonna watch film tomorrow on it, see what we did wrong, correct our, our wrongs and move on. Moving on to Sunday, 2 p.m., Cam Henderson Center as Tavion gets his wish. Didn't get to go out and play right away, but Sunday still a lot sooner than expected. Taking on Robert Morris. Again, that's going to be a 2 o'clock tip. We'll have it for you 1 o'clock on Sunday right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. When we continue, Doc Holliday Early signing day yesterday, we'll get Doc's thoughts on the process. Not so much specifics into all of the players that they signed, but we'll get Doc's comments on the process itself. He's pretty candid. There's going to be some mistakes made across the country because of the recruiting process being what it is compared to what it has been. We'll talk about it when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Never miss a moment of The Drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure if you get that podcast on Apple Podcasts, hit that five star. Is that what the kids say? Hit that five star. Five star reviews. Make it happen for me. Paul Swan, your host, The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Doc Holliday yesterday spent a few minutes with us to talk about early signing day. Completely different how recruiting has happened over the last few months. We're going to get into that with Doc. One of the interesting stories from the early signees 
Tyreek Bell. This young man, he, I think, is going to bring leadership to this team. Graduated in 2014, enlisted in the Marine Corps. He served in three different infantry battalions over the next four years, including um, deployments in China and Korea. I think you're going to get some leadership from this young man because he has decided that, okay, I've done this. Now I, I want to see if I can play football collegially. And he was a defensive player of the year. He um, he received offers from Kansas State, Arizona, Liberty, Hawaii, Northern Colorado. He was the team's leading tackler at the Saddleback with 79 tackles, had uh, 10 and a half tackles for loss. And so he's done some really serious things. And yeah, at Saddleback College, he really showed that he could play, but. He played at Westwood High School in South Carolina. He plays high school, graduates, enlists in the Marine Corps, serves in three different infantry battalions. He had deployments in China, Korea, and he goes to Saddleback College, does some really nice things there, and now he's uh, with the Marshall Thundering Herd. He's an interesting story, to say the least. And not to downplay any of the other young men that have signed with the Thundering Herd, but that's a real story that you can talk about for a long time to come. And I think there's leadership there. You're in the infantry. It's different. I mean, discipline's just different. Yeah, the Marine Corps, it's just, it's different. You know, if you served, you know it's different. But... We'll talk about that with Doc. Doc goes over a lot of things, and um, here's uh, Doc Holiday from yesterday just talking a little bit about what the recruiting process was like. It's completely different now than it has been. You know, as you guys all know, this uh, this recruiting cycle in 220 has been totally uh, different than it's ever been, um, and for a number of reasons. And uh, so, you know, I felt like uh, – we had to get just a couple things, you know, accomplished as far as recruiting goes at a couple neat areas. Uh, we did that. Uh, I think as you, as you guys, as we go forward here, there's just so many things that factor into the recruiting uh, process this year. Number one, uh, the NCAA allowed every kid that's on our team right now to have eligibility next year if they want that. So that factored into what we're doing. Uh, obviously there's, at this point, there's zero seniors on our football team. So, you know, as a staff, you have to evaluate that and see who's coming back uh, once this uh, season is over before you move forward as far as recruiting goes. So that's number one. I think the second thing is, you know, we have not been off campus yet. Uh, we have not been able to bring players on campus. So I think there's going to be a lot of mistakes made uh, throughout different programs throughout the country as far as recruiting goes because you haven't had a chance to meet these kids. So uh, the kids that we have signed, we know a lot about. I think moving forward, you can't imagine the number of calls that, that I've gotten in the last two or three days of some really great players that are still available and will be available in January. Uh, there's just so many things, uh, great players are going to be out there once this early signing period is over. And we have positioned ourselves uh, once we find out what our roster is, is and going to be for next year to move forward. So uh, that being said, 
there's a lot of things that factored into this year. We're excited about the guys that we did sign. Uh, we're excited about the kids we have on campus. They're going to have the opportunity to return uh, to this football team next year. And uh, once we get all that settled, then we'll move forward as a staff as far as what we do the month of January and February and moving forward. I'll take just a couple questions. And as you know, we got something really important here to do here on Friday night. So we got a lot of work to do. Doc, did you find it an advantage that Marshall is actually playing more active than some other teams to, to maybe stay top of mind with some of these kids? A lot of people say question, especially the kids, uh, you know, the JUCO kids that we got from the California and out, out that way that, uh, you know, had the opportunity to watch us play an awful lot on a national stage uh, because of the pandemic, even especially early on in the, you know, even the Eastern Kentucky, I think was the ESPN game. I think the App State was a national CBS game. So we got a lot of exposure with a lot of those kids, uh, you know, from, especially from the West Coast and that type of thing early on. Doc, the offensive line, uh, you have so many seniors up front there this year, and, and some could come back next year, but it seems like because there's going to be so many exiting at some point in the next two years, that was a focal point of this class. And traveling to California to other places trying to find those guys. No, no question. I mean, there's no doubt. And I think a lot of these guys that are seniors up front are coming back, you know, but that being said, you know, two years down the road, there's going to be some you know, young guys are going to have to play. And so, you know, I think uh, we did, I think we did an excellent job of adding a couple older guys to this class with a couple of JUCO linemen that, that can come in and, uh, and help us. And, and there'll be some other additions as well, you know, that we can't talk about and that type of thing, but there's some other guys out there that uh, will end up here, you know, in June that uh, can help us in a lot of different areas. Uh, Coach, I know that you mentioned that they didn't really have the chance to get there and see the campus and get on get on campus, and you mentioned some errors might occur. What were some other selling points when you spoke with these recruits about uh, trying to overcome that hurdle? Well, I think, uh, you know, we didn't get them on campus, but, uh, you know, Caleb, our recruiting uh, coordinator, did a great job with the virtual tours. Uh, I think, as we talked about here a little bit earlier, I think the national exposure we got on national TV you know, during the season helped us a lot because these kids, you know, we're probably one, not probably, we are one of the few teams in the country that actually had fans in the stands, you know, so the atmosphere, to be honest with you, on a national, on, the, on TV was a, was a good one. So, you know, I think, I think we've, uh, like I say, I think we're, we've positioned ourselves, you know, where we've got a lot of initials moving forward. You know, if you go out and sign your whole class at this point, you, and the other thing we haven't talked about is, you know, what's going to happen to this new transfer? You know, I mean, that's another, that's another hurdle that's been thrown in this. We're going to leave it there with Doc Holliday. That does it for this edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Back tomorrow, we've got a football championship to talk about. Marshall taking on UAB. We go on the air 4 o'clock, so 4 o'clock tomorrow. Not our normal 5 o'clock. If you tune in at 5 o'clock, you're going to miss my pregame. Or if you tune in at 5 o'clock and um, – don't tune in at 4, you're still going to get the broadcast. So either way, tune in at 4. That's going to do it for this edition. Thanks for tuning in back tomorrow here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.